Welcome to the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman-Michael, and my mission with this podcast is simple, to help realtors and loan officers across the world tap into the value Instagram can have for them and their business. To me, organic business that comes to us is the name of the game. On this show, you're going to hear from myself, other experts across social media, and also others that are just like you selling real estate and doing loans and doing it at a high level on social media. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am Michelle Verma Michael, your host. You guys know me, but who I really am excited to introduce with you guys to you guys today is a new friend of mine who I feel like we've gotten to know each other really, really well in a very short amount of time, but none other than Scott, who runs Shape. So if you guys are not familiar with Shape CRM, you need to know, but Scott is the chief product officer at Shape Software. He is also the president of Shape Professional Services. And Scott is really, really killing it on Instagram. And he is also hilarious in the process. So Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So excited to be with you, Michelle. This is so cool. Yeah, I'm really excited. I feel like you're doing things really just not only uniquely, but very authentically. And there's so much value in that, especially right now, right? I think the marketplace with Instagram as a whole is a little bit oversaturated. It's a lot of being too worried about things that don't really matter. And I think offline, you and I had a really good conversation about the really true meaning of why Instagram is such a powerful platform. So what I want you to do, if you're willing, because I don't think my audience knows you very well yet, mm-hmm. uh, but tell me a little bit about how you got into this the CRM world. Where did you come from? And then why Instagram? Yeah. Well, let me just start out by saying that, you know, I started my career as a loan officer. Like I, I was a, a college graduate who at the time had many friends who we're going off to be a loan officer. And I thought, that sounds fancy. I want to be a loan officer. And so I went off and interviewed with a company at the time was called Syntex Home Equity. That company later became Nation Star Mortgage. And that company is now called Mr. Cooper. And a lot of people know the name Mr. Cooper. Um, and so I interviewed there. Um, I had a very difficult time getting a job because I'd never had a sales position before. But what I had was leadership. I was very involved in a fraternity on in, in college with different on-campus leadership positions with our duck camp at Tarleton State University and orientation. And just I, I immersed myself in leadership positions at school. And what I sold myself on was that, hey, to be a leader on campus, you have to be you have to sell people to kind of get behind you and, and all of that. So I was able to get a job as a, as a loan officer and Worked my way up. One of the things I was very successful on early on was finding my way to to manage my leads. Um, I had to, at the time, the software we used was homegrown built. It worked, but it didn't work very well to be successful. To be successful, you had to kind of come up with your own strategies to do things. And I came up with a way using a spreadsheet to manage my leads and to follow up. And I had a system that worked really well and I was able to kind of progress pretty quickly. I got into a management training program and luck would have it through the management and training program. I get to spend some time with the marketing department. And when I was in the marketing department, I got to have the keys to that marketing lead system where I was in charge of lead management and lead distribution and got experience with that. And fast forward a couple of years after I went and ran a branch, a sales manager branch, I was running a branch. Uh, in, a, in a consumer direct branch here in Dallas, um, I was asked to go run essentially a sales marketing position where they wanted someone to sit in between sales and marketing. 
they said, hey, sales is fighting with marketing too much. We'd go to these meetings and it was like a, a knockout, drag out fight between like, hey, the leads are terrible. And hey, well, you're terrible at sales. And it's like, we need someone to sit in the middle. And they asked me having that marketing experience and also the sales experience to be someone to sit in between the two. And ultimately, I, I joke around now that I was like a marriage counselor every day. I would come in and sales would complain about the leads. And I'd say, well, you know, you have some issues too. I listened to a call yesterday. It wasn't all that great. You need to improve that. And marketing would say, hey, sales isn't doing this. I'm like, well, you know, this lead, you know, you know, they have like a 480 FICO, right? You realize that. Well, okay, go work on that. And I was always like counseling them between the two, right? And holding them accountable. And ultimately it became where... I needed to have a good system that allowed me to counsel them very easily. I needed a lead management system. And at the time I went out and found a system that would allow me to do it, implemented that system with the, with the company. And the rest is kind of history. I got into, into that space. I learned that system really. Uh, a lot of people, uh, they may have know, know the term Velocify. It was a lead management system. Uh, started working with that system very closely. Fast forward, I ended up going to work for that company for four years built my network as I traveled the country and helped companies implement that system. Um, and fast forward all those years later, um, came across a company called Shape and fell in love with Shape, fell in love with the technology advancements they are. They work with multiple industries. So now I'm working with mortgage and insurance and solar and debt and cremation companies. I mean, you name it, all kinds of different companies now. There's, And so long story short, that's kind of my history of how I got into CRM. Um, and now as a chief product officer, I help kind of build the product and new ideas and taking and hearing feedback from our customers and going to build new things and innovate, but also from a professional services standpoint, helping our clients implement their process into the, into the systems and a number of other fun things. And I just love my job. It's so much fun. And I get to do social media on top of it. So uh, Well, first of all, holy moly, right? Like yes. what a journey to get to where you are. Um, yeah. But more importantly, I think this is such a timely conversation because lead management is such a struggle for everybody listening to this. Like, e I mean, even me, right, running my organization, I feel like we kill it with staying in front of our clients, staying in front of our pipeline, doing a really good job at following up and all of that. But there's always stuff that falls through the cracks, like no matter sure. what, right? And I think that this conversation with what's going on with the state of the mortgage industry last year, moving into this year, it's more important than ever to not just be talking about mortgages, right? And I think that that's what I want to talk about with you um, more specifically, because you have a very strong personal story that leads us to this. Mm -hmm. And you have done a very, obviously a very good job at coupling this with social media and how you portray that story. Um and so let's talk about that just a little bit, right? Because sure. if, if I consume you on Instagram, I really get to know Scott and I want to yeah. know why you're so confident in that story and why you're also confident in sharing it, if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, so I'll, maybe I'll just start off to tell the story. So <clears throat> um, what you'll see on Instagram, what you'll see in, in LinkedIn, the other, other platforms is you're going to see me wearing a wig and you're going to say, well, why is this guy wearing a wig? And, and in fact, maybe now I'll just put it on. I was trying to be cool and have my nice hairdo. I got my haircut last week, but let's just go ahead and put on what you'll see on social media. And it's this mullet wig that I got on Amazon. And I actually have a whole like wardrobe of them now. And I have this shape headband now because so funny. there's a whole tie in with that now as well. But this mullet, for those that are watching the video part of it, 
this mullet <clears throat> was something that I started to wear uh, because I'm the president of, which sounds so official, I'm the president of the dad's club at my kid's school. And I've been president of the dad's club at my kid's school since my kids were like in first grade. This is at elementary schools. And here in the Dallas area, this happens at elementary schools a lot. They, they'll have a dad's club and the dads will, you know, cook lunches sometimes or, you know, will help out teachers and stuff like that <clears throat> at our dad's club. Uh, here in Texas, in Dallas area, we would actually, every morning, we'd have like 15 dads show up and we would open the car doors for kids. In elementary school, you have kindergartners, first graders, they need help getting out of the car. And that's the main reason we'd be there to open the doors. <clears throat> so we did that for four or five years. And I started to do it. And, you know, well, with, it was fun. We had fun with it. We played music and that kind of stuff. And when my son was in second grade, I was, uh, they had pictures hanging on the wall right uh, outside his classroom and the pictures they had hang on the wall was um that was like what are you going to do when you grow up and it was like the big things right and so like some kids had like be an astronaut it was like oh i'm gonna be an astronaut and a major league baseball player and a doctor and my son's was major league baseball player and uh astronaut and then president of dad's club and it was like those are like the three big things and it hit me then like wow, like I'm having a big, this is having a big impact in his life, his life at a very early age. I just spilled my drink all over my computer. Oh my gosh. I'm going to okay. keep going. I don't care. We're live. Is your computer okay? Yeah. Who cares? Real life, real life here, guys. You yeah. bring it here first. <laughs> it's all right. It'll be fine. Okay. So anyways, so, so that, so it hit me like, okay, I'm going all in on this. Okay. So fast forward a couple of years, we get to fifth grade, fifth grade. Now we're going to middle school and normally we're opening doors because kids need, you know, help open in elementary school, sixth grade, middle school. They don't need help opening doors anymore. So, I, but I went to the, to the sixth grade meeting, met the principal and said, Hey, what would you think if we brought the dad's club to middle school? And he was like, absolutely bring, let's do it. I'm like, I, let's open doors for kids. Let's do it. He's absolutely, we'd love it. He's like, does anybody else do that? No, but let's do it. Okay, cool, let's do it. And so I got some groups, some dads together. We came back and did it again, okay? So now we, for middle school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, they don't need help. And in fact, they probably don't like us around, you would think, but now they love us around. They really do, I really can tell. And the whole story is this. <clears throat> when I was uh, in third grade, my dad made the very, very unfortunate decision to commit suicide. And the very last place I saw him, and I, and, you know, I, I don't know how I remember this. I've been reflecting on this a lot. I don't know how I remember very key moments of like nine years old, but I very distinctly remember <clears throat> driving up to school when I was nine years old and my dad was crying hysterically, dropping us off from school, but drop off at school that day. He was crying. I have no idea why. And we get out and hug him and whatever. He's crying and we get out of the car. And it's the last time I saw him at drop-off. And so for me, that drop-off moment is just a very key moment in my life. And so I'm trying to make it a, a big deal for every kid who gets out of their car every day to make them smile. Because I don't know, like, I don't know the situation every day. You never know. Mm -hmm. So we make them smile when they get out, open the door. We're playing music. Uh, you should see some of the dances I do. Today was Cotton Eye Joe Day, by the way. Gosh. Um, and there was another dance where I'm dancing around with like I had a glow stick in my hand. Uh, that was when my son walked by because my so I usually go, by the way, when my my kids aren't even there yet. 
I go before they even get there uh, just to get up there and help out and stuff. And so the glow stick was my son. He was walking by and he was, uh, he loved that one. Let me just tell you. Um, so, so what's fast forward where this is all gone is that as I'm wearing the wigs, where which started really on Fridays only, now it's kind of almost every day now, something funny. I started to, hey, I'm going to turn the camera on and I'm going to use this as a do as a fun hair Friday. And I've used that now for my Instagram videos to do like a fun hair Fridays uh, series where I'll go park where I have to like move some signs and I'll have that 60 second walk and I'll just do a quick little talk. Sometimes it's a little motivational thing. Sometimes it's just, hey, checking in. Hey, what do you guys think about my new wig? Or, hey, you know, keep your head up. Hey, this time of year sucks. Keep your head up or whatever it is, just a quick video. And it's in this wig or a different wig or whatever it might be. And, uh, and so what's happened now is now people ask about it. Like my mom's like, Hey, it's Friday. Where's the video? It's noon. I haven't seen the video yet. Or, uh, I go to conferences and they're like, where's the wig? Uh, I left it at home. Why are you not wearing it? And so it's just become one of those things that people have now seen. It's caught on. It's memorable. People remember it. And that's kind of the goal. I think of social media is to, to be memorable. And I think that it's not just that, like people remember it, but they're actually kind of remember some of the messages and things that I'm talking about. Some of the motivational stuff that I'm talking about, it's the dad's club part. It's the motivational messaging. It's now tying in the story about, Hey, you know, got through this emotional time, got through this. I can do it. You can do it. Um, you know, and I've even had a lot of dads who have reached out and said, Hey, I want to start a dad's club. What do I do? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I'm most excited about. And I think when I retire someday, that's what I'm going to do. I want to help a dad's club. I was going to say, just start a Facebook group for like how to create your own dad's club at school. Yeah. And by the way, guess what I do? I use shape for my dad's club, like uh CRM tracking, like who shows up to what events, sending my communications out. I use shape for all of that, by the way. That's cool. so cool. And it's such an amazing story to be able to show the power of brand, right. And the power of awareness. Um, and I think that shape especially being i don't want to say newer but definitely newer on the crm overall game right especially for people who have been in the industries that you're describing shape can support for years and years and years and years right so when it comes to adopting a new technology of any kind right it's hard there's a lot that yeah. goes into that instagram is no different when it comes to adopting the platform people are like oh there's just one more thing to learn or i don't i had a call earlier today someone was like Michelle, I'm 48. This tech whole Instagram thing, like I'm too old for this. And I'm like, I'm 33. You're not that old, right? Like it's, you, you got this. Um, right. But adopting a new platform is already stressful. And yeah. so what I think you've done such a good job of it, and we've talked about this offline, but in general, what I feel like you've done such a good job of is creating this brand identity that's very approachable, right? Because I'm more likely to want to have a conversation with you about shape, even though I know nothing about it, yep. solely because I'm like, dude, you're kind of cool. Like, this is just, you're fun. Um, yeah. Which isn't that the point of Instagram in the first place, right? Yep. Yeah. And a lot of people have said too, um, they're like, I, I just feel like I already know you, right? Because I've heard your stories now and I've heard you, you know, mention this or you know, I'm a dad too. And I can relate to having a middle school kid who looks, you know, cause I'll walk around my, uh, I've done this with like walking back from pickleball, my daughter, and you can just, sometimes she'll look the way she looks at me. Right. She's like, Oh my God, you're so annoying right now. <laughs> and I've even called it out. Some of my videos too, where I'm like, how do I know your eighth grader, <laughs> you know, eighth grade daughter. Right. And so people can relate to that. Right. 
but at the end of the day, and people have called this out too, like in that video of annoying your eighth grade daughter, there's a couple of times when I'm kind of in front and she's behind where you can see her look up at me and smile, right? And people have called that out and said, you can tell she actually kind of likes it. You can tell she's she's back there like, this is kind of cool, but she doesn't want to admit it, mm-hmm. right? And so people can relate to those things that that are happening in those interactions with the annoying dad that maybe isn't as annoying as she's making it out to be or what have you. So she's just got to put yeah. the face on dad, you know, come on. We were yeah. all in eighth grade once. Yes, um, that's right. The other the- thing I'd add to, and I, and I told my kids this yesterday for the first time is that um, because I pay their rent and because I pay for their clothes and I pay for all their sports is that I have fair game to use them for all of my social media. And I mean, uh, I said half hello, jokingly, but, but true taxes, you can actually technically write off paying yeah, them and using them right. on social media. So yeah. So um, I'm like, Hey, I need you on video today. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a whole nother story. I want to tell this story at some point about a video that uh, I recorded like four years ago with my daughter who was in fifth grade at the time. And I'm trying to get her to come back on video to do an intro of that video. We never posted it because back in the day I was scared to post it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't post stuff that I was scared to post back then. Now I post it in a heartbeat, but I didn't post it back then. And I've now edited it back up, ready to post it. And I'm trying to get her to come back and intro it again with me. She's like, my makeup doesn't look good. I'm like, I don't care. Put a wig on, do something funny, you know, something yeah. like that. So isn't it, it's, it's funny, but also too. funny, but also sad in the one sense, right. That an eight, somebody that's an eighth grade yes. is worried about my makeup and done what, is, what has happened in our world um, I know. Right. where that is, that's a thing. Um, right. But I want to tie. So really fast, I have a thought here and I want to see where we can go with this because sure. cold calling is a very abrasive experience. Right. And I think that, what we're talking about right now. And the reason I bring that up is when we are cold calling people, whether that's you trying to get someone to want to use the shape software or whether that's me, right. Trying to get to some to, or get a realtor or a loan officer to talk to me about helping them with their social presence. Cold calling sucks. Like they're, you call them at a weird time. They're like, I'm not, I'm in the middle of drop off or I'm getting, walking into a dentist appointment or whatever the million reasons as to why that is not a good time for them. So we, as the person doing it, get hung up on, right? We get yelled at, we get cursed at, all the things, right? So what I have developed is a strategy to get us away from that, right? To get away from having to cold call and create, sort of avoid the, that abrasive interaction. Um, yeah. And when you and I first met, we talked about this. We talked about how I do it and, and my entire platform and, and the way that I coach and teach this. And you brought up a really unique strategy that you have used, which honestly, just quite frankly, perfectly ties into mine. Um, But I want you to talk about that because when you're using Instagram, you're obviously doing a very good job of being personal. But at the end of the day, you have a goal, right? By using the Shape platform as part of your marketing, your job is to get people to want to use Shape. In doing so, you're being a person first, right? And allowing the connection to happen, then the conversation about Shape can happen after that. But with that, you have a very unique way of going about building these relationships. Um, and I would love for you to tell the audience what that is and how you normally go about that. Yeah, so a couple of things. I would say two, two big things. One is that you know we've developed a process over time that we can essentially secret shop people. So I don't know if that's exactly where you're going with this or not, but where like, hey, we know that people who are using a software like ours to be able to secret shop them or be able to put a lead on their website and be able to track, like, are they actually calling them or are they interacting with people 
in a timely manner or not, because if they're not, that's where like shape can really come in and help them. Right. Mm -hmm. So putting a lead in and saying, and then recording a video, that, you know, to them versus calling them and saying, Hey, by the way, Hey, I just went to your website and we put this lead in it's been like three hours. We had a call. I just want to make sure you knew something might be broken. So if you didn't know that, I want to make sure, you know, um, just want to give you a heads up that if, if, if something's not broken, maybe you should look at shape because if we have this way that if the lead comes in, we can automate it. It can go out, get a call, blah, blah, blah. And we can automate it. But we do that video. And I like, you know, platforms like Instagram because then we can track like was it viewed or seen or, you know, you know tell if, if it's, you know, viewed or whatever. So there's that, that component of it as well. Um, now, the other part of it, when it relates to like, uh, were you referencing more like the follow, you know, the follow strategy, stuff like that as well? Yeah, yeah so, the way you are prospecting and building new connections on Instagram is really yeah. Important. Yeah, so so the other part was that like I have, you know, people like Kyle Draper and others, people who are in my mind, people that I've associated with, with a lot in the past, influencers or whatever, I've had my podcast or whatever, or I've been on their podcast or whoever, um, and create a lot of content with uh, on LinkedIn. And so what I've done is put, or pinned their content to the top of my profile. And then what I've done is gone into their followers and looked for like-minded people, whether it be people in the Dallas area, people who I think would be good fits for our services. Could be loan officers or real estate agents or whatever. And I start looking through the people who follow Kyle, in this example, Kyle, um, and I'll look and look for those people. And then I'll go on their profile. Are they active? Do they look like someone who fits our kind of ICP? And then I'll look at their content. Is it active? And then I'll drop a comment or engage with their material in some way or look at their story or whatever and drop a comment. And my hope is that they're going to come back to my profile and they're going to look and, and they're going to see a picture of Kyle right there at the top. And the hope is then they're going to say, oh, well, this guy knows Kyle and there's a picture of Kyle in his profile. My hope is that they then follow me. And then they're going to see, oh, this guy talks about lead management. Oh, guess what? I'm not very good at lead management because I'm a loan officer. Most loan officers struggle with lead management. I wonder how this guy can help with lead management. And they go to the next video down. And the next video, which I have, the second one is, what's the difference between CRM and lead management? And they watch that. Like, oh, wow, I never thought about CRM and lead management that way. And then they go to the third video down. Oh, wow, what is this? And the idea is to then get them into that funnel of, okay, well, yes, I need help with lead management. And then from this, maybe they then give me a follow back. They start to see my content more and more. And at that point, when they follow, then I try to send them a video. And the idea with the video is that they'll watch it, engage with it. And then I'm going to show up my stories as I'm doing more and more videos over time. They get to know me. And then who knows where it leads from there. That's well, kind of my, doing my strategy. Is, with no, but it's honestly brilliant. And I think it, I'm just going to use myself as an example because it, it feels the most natural for me in this moment, which is when I'm trying to earn the opportunity of someone's attention, right? In this case, what's the easiest and best way to do that? Leverage an existing relationship that I have with someone that also has a relationship with the person that I'm trying to get to. So yep. in, in the strategy that you're describing, which for everybody listening, I, I'm, I'm going to reiterate this because this is not to be missed, right? But what Scott did was he interviewed Kyle Draper, who if you guys have followed me long enough, you know that Kyle and I are very good friends. Um, and I have personally interviewed Kyle. I don't even know how many times and vice versa, but we what, were introduced by Kyle via video, by yes, the way. On right? Instagram. Exactly. Yes. And yep. I literally just yesterday, Kyle introduced me to somebody that I actually already knew, but her and I had never taken it offline 
Um, and he introduced us via text, via video, right? Um, and then of course I had to make sure that I sent a video back because Kyle sent a video. Um, okay. But the point that I'm trying to make and to bring us back here, right? To what you did, Scott, is you leveraged a relationship with someone that has influence in our industry, right? So Kyle has a significant influence in the mortgage and the real estate space. And so what did you do? You interviewed him, right? You then put it at the top of your profile and left it there, right? On Instagram, the beautiful thing is we can pin the, the best content that we want people to see at the very top of our page. So you then go into Kyle's following, right? The people that are consuming Kyle's content, the people that are following Kyle, and you're creating a relationship with them directly, right? And the beautiful thing about that is when that person then comes to your profile, they already like, know, and love Kyle. And the fact that Kyle like, knows, and loves you, Scott, automatically makes that other person like, know, and love you, right? So okay. then when they receive an engagement from you, they're like, oh, yeah, I can talk to this guy. And they're more likely to respond, right? So we have now broken the ice and alleviated that intrusive, weird, sales breathy conversation that can right. happen via DM, right? Um, so, I mean, it, it's so simple and that's the beauty of it. And it's so over like done in my opinion. And especially recently, I have been screaming this from the mountaintops, but you do not need more followers. You do not need fancy videos. You do not need a videographer following you around. You don't need any of that. You just need to talk to people, right? Instead of consuming, we need to talk to people. We need to build connections, right? Don't consume, connect. There's a huge difference. So will you talk to me and let's go one step further, Scott, because what I want you to tell us about is when you initiate relationships on Instagram after this executing this strategy, how do those conversations feel and how do they go? Well, so when I record, a, so I'll record a video and, and I'll send it to him and I'll, I'll start it off with this, say, Hey, I'm sending you a video. I'm going to tell you right now, do not feel like you need to send a video back. Mm. You can text back, right? I always start out with that because I found early on was that when I'd send a video, I always felt that they wouldn't respond because they felt like they had to send a video back. So I'd start out right away. Hey, you don't have to send a video back. I'm just sending this because I want you to feel that way. I found when I would say that people actually would respond with more video back, might be a little delayed or people might just send a text back. So I always started that way. something I found over time. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it was just like they, they felt like... Uh, I think maybe because then they would start after I sent the video, maybe they went back to my profile and started to watch a couple more videos to, to get to know me even a little bit better. And then when they responded, I found they would mention things that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise known had they not already watched some other videos. They mentioned like the dad's club, or they mentioned a video that was further down on my profile that maybe they had watched and mentioned it in the response back to me in some way. So I was getting some traffic back down on some of the videos that were lower down in the profile that I think they were kind of, okay, who is this guy? What does he do? How is he, you know, and so they're getting further down and what have you. Uh, you know, one thing I was going to add to, I'm doing this at the follower level. One thing I've also done and seen success with is going into the, like Kyle's, like people who are liking Kyle's stuff or commenting on Kyle's stuff. Maybe you start we on the call comment. call that the wormhole effect in my world, but yes. Yeah, yeah. and starting there. So, um, you know, uh, I've done it for, you know, Kyle, just other people I've done podcasts with. It doesn't have to be Kyle. But in, the nice thing about the pen is you can interchange that over time. So change Kyle to someone else, to whatever it might be, whoever is doing this. Um, I'll give you an example too. Kyle yesterday did a, a post, Pastor Kyle, I did a post about Pastor Kyle. 
Um, and I love Lisa that's how, that's how Kyle yeah. and I became friends was because I literally sent him a message on Instagram after hearing him on Clubhouse. Uh -huh. That just tells you when Kyle and I met, right? Oh, <laughs> During yeah. COVID. Yeah. Um, but Kyle was on Clubhouse in some random group with Phil Treadwell, who's also a very good friend of ours yeah. mutually, right? And Phil had this guy, Kyle, come up on the quote stage in Clubhouse and yeah. Kyle just got on there and straight pastored it out, man. It yeah. was amazing. And I sent him, I went on Instagram to find him, sent him a message. And I was like, the passion you have for God is so tangible. And the fact that you're so good at what you do and you love God as much as you do, we need to be friends. That was literally the message I sent to him. Yeah. And I was on an airplane to Dallas to meet him in real life two months later. That's awesome. So I, so he did that video yesterday and he said, you know, I've been hearing from people that I need to do this. I recorded a video for him on the treadmill yesterday morning. And I said, Hey, I just want to send a video to you. I got two things of advice for you. One, I miss your videos and I'm hearing people talk about how good you, videos you do when you're walking. You need another video of you walking soon. <clears throat> Number two, I miss pastor Kyle. You only did it. I only heard you do it during the 30 day thing, uh, you know, 30 day uh, boot camp on Sunday mornings. You need to incorporate that more in your stuff. And then later that afternoon, you did it. And guess what? He tagged me in the video in the post on LinkedIn. Okay. And the reason I say that is that, that, you know, not that everyone's going to tag you when you do that. It's not always going to happen. They might mention you, not always going to happen. But when they do, there's some type of influence that happens because of that. And I'm, that's not why I did it. I really wanted to hear those two things. I wanted, I love those two types of videos from Kyle, but there is a benefit of that happening because now my profiles, visits went up, followers went up. I was now associated with that video because Kyle said, hey, thanks for pushing me along, Scott Payne, right? And those types of things matter, right? And now they're like, associate this with Kyle. And, you know, that's all about connecting people. It's in Kyle's book, you know, connecting people, all of that, just following the... The steps of that. That's what that's this what this community does together, which by the way, we just released today. Shape did a podcast, get in shape podcast. We released an episode with Phil Treadwell as well. So amazing. Yeah. I have a meeting we'll with plug there. this morning. Love, love me some Phil Treadwell. But oh yeah. Um, the thing I, I want to talk about very briefly, if we can, uh, maybe not very briefly, but just in general, um, quickly, what you're talking about is leveraging genuine connection. Right. And that is what Instagram is really about. And I feel like if I can be honest, you and I've talked about this offline and I'm going on a tangent here. So hopefully everybody listening can stay with me. But what you and I have talked about offline is that mortgage, especially we're going to talk about the mortgage industry for a second, which is prime most of my audience aside from the real estate world. Anyway, mortgage professionals have a problem with how they produce content on social. Right. And what I mean by that is they are talking about mortgages way too much, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't really care about the escrow process. Sorry, right? I don't really care about the quote, like what is the difference between this vocabulary word and this vocabulary word that as it relates to the mortgage industry, right? Or as it relates yep. to title, the title process. Um, yep. And I, had, I literally had a loan officer who's like, oh, I recorded an entire series with my title rep about what a CMA is. And I'm like, why, right? Because- how is that for me as the consumer, right? Who's actually buying the house, right? Because if I have a question, I'm not calling the title rep. I'm calling you as either my loan officer or as my agent that I'm putting my faith and my trust into yep. to teach me what to do, right? Or to tell me what to do. So you and I had a really candid conversation. I don't know if you recall it, that we 
um, had prior to this, specifically around the type of content that mortgage professionals should be producing and that it's about so much more than the actual act of helping someone get a mortgage. Do you want to elaborate? I mean, I would say that, yeah, it's the, it's, it's, it's selling the, like the dream of, of, of what they can have by having a peace of mind of what the mortgage provides, right? Like the, for example, like I've done a lot of content around my kids. Of course, I mentioned that earlier, but like, Hey, um, having a, a mortgage, let's say, or a, a place to call home, or having a good job that allows me to have good hours, allows me to go to the state fair and take my kid out of school for the state fair to go to the doc, you know, go with my daughter, take her out of school and go to the state fair and record a video of us eating this crazy fruity pebble pickle or whatever it was, or a video like, or, or volunteering every morning at dad's club. Like I'm not in a job or a stressful situation about having this crazy mortgage payment and stress and all this stuff. I'm in this situation of putting you know, my family first and be able to put my kids first, be able to put my wife first and all of the things come first. Mm -hmm. And then that, so I'm selling the dream of what can happen when I'm a homeowner first and then everything else ties in next. You tie some of those things. Like I walk into my house, right. Or I, walk into or I'm from my car, then getting out, walking into my house and that kind of the dream of that home ownership. Um, I talk about that a little bit too, with um, kind of the story with my dad was that um, in, in part of this goes back to, I'm, I'm an author in this book, um, rethink everything, you know, about being a next gen loan officer. And part of the story in the book is that <clears throat> um Part of the reason I believe that my father made the unfortunate choice about suicide was that he was trying to uh, qualify to uh, become a homeowner again. He we bought a house in Indiana, moved to Texas in an apartment, and he wanted to buy a house again, but he was be, being denied to buy a house. He had just gone through a messy divorce, credit was shot, and he had this dream of homeownership again. And he was getting these letters of denial from the banks. And, and I know all of this because um, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, um, I went up to a storage unit where all of the stuff was placed after he'd passed away 30 years prior. And I went through his storage unit and in uh, this folder, or it was in this box, I went through the box and the folder was these letters that he had written and detailed letters to underwriters, to loan officers, you know, letters of explanation about his situation. And you could tell very clearly that it was pain, so painful to him that he couldn't provide to us kids the ability to uh, you know, to purchase a home, to give us a backyard, to give us a sandbox, to give us a, a basketball goal, like those are the things very descriptively in, in the letters. He wanted that so badly for us, and and behind it was sorry you're denied, sorry you're denied, no like sorry you're denied, but here's a plan for you, here's a way to to improve, here's your nurture strategy, here's ways to improve, here's a video, you know obviously 1990, no videos, but today, hey, here's a video that if you have credit problems, here are the five steps you can take today to improve your credit situation, right? Not a video of amortization, blah, blah, blah. Like no one cares. Like people are struggling today and they need hope. And so people need to be doing videos about hope or how to get into a better situation, a bigger house, how to get into a to give their kids and their family a better situation, providing that hope. That's what the videos need to be about, not interest rates going down next year or whatever, right? And so 
that's how I tie it all together on what the video should be about to help those that are in need. Because everybody has a situation. Everybody needs that hope. Everyone needs to have I mean, every, every customer. And so that's what I tell about the story is like, I want to help as many people as possible and as many loan officers as possible to work with as many as people as possible. And lead management and CRM does that. Mm-hmm. I can, if I can work with one loan officer and help them call 20 more people today, that's 20 more customers that could potentially help. And there might be two people out of that 20 who are desperately needing help that might be in a situ- situation like my dad, right? And they might be able to help two of those people, right? Using a CRM that's automation, that's workflow, we have all of this stuff built in, it can help them out. Who knows, right? And so that's what videos need to be about, not this the other stuff. So, dream. But, but seriously, cool. this is so much bigger than even like what I am capable of putting into words. And I'm really good with words. I've always been really capable of telling a story and writing it down. But what you just said, like, I I feel like people need to truly understand this because we are quite literally not to be dramatic, not to exaggerate in any case. Like this is real life. We are literally in a position like you guys listening to this as loan officers to literally save someone's life. Right. And that sounds so like, whoa, that's a big statement, but that is what we are talking about. This is a very real, very real, excuse me, scenario where someone took their own life solely because they could not provide something to their family. Right. And your dad obviously loved you guys and loved your family. And the fact that he wasn't able to provide, he felt like you guys were better off without him. That is so impactful when you really undo all of that and realize how important the role of a loan officer is in our life as human beings, right? And so I think we have to take this and we have to really slow down for a minute and say, the content that I'm producing on Instagram, this is a matter of life or death for someone that's consuming consuming it, right? And the act of buying a home, right? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna use myself as an example because many people know this story for me, right? But when I moved to Louisiana with my husband, I had just had Knox. We found out that we were moving when I was 37 weeks pregnant. So we could not go to Louisiana to find a house. We could not go see them in real life, right? We had to trust the person that we were hiring to help us. It was an awful situation to say it lightly, right? In the sense of we ended up getting into a home that was not good for us whatsoever. And the realtor completely wildly screwed us um, in the sense of we were 30 minutes from base. The house was falling apart. And the inspection was so bad. We ended up getting our money back and getting an extra credit from the realtor because of how bad the inspection, basically the inspector didn't inspect the house. He was just like, sign, sign. So he was paid off to just ignore Mm -hmm. the inspection. Um, And what that person didn't realize that they were doing wrong in the process was I moved to a place with no friends, no family, and a two-week-old, right? with my husband who was home full-time with me up until that point, because he was finishing math, his master's degree to now being away and at work 12 hours a day on top of the fact that I had just become a new mom, right? Mm-hmm. With no friends or family nearby. So right. we're talking about a scenario where I ended up in a home that caused me severe postpartum depression, an ungodly amount of bills as re- it relates to therapists and other things, right? And what you don't realize is that the realtor was trying to get a commission, right? The loan officer was trying to close a loan, but what they didn't realize was that they caused me way more anguish than they should have had they done their job, right? 
And so when you think, oh, I'm just sending a denial letter to someone or, oh, I'm just helping them with getting further in the process of getting closer to the loan closing, how much power you have to truly make a difference in someone's life. And if we slow down for a second and we stop worrying about transactions, right? How many loans am I doing this year? How many real estate transactions am I doing this year? And we think about how many relationships am I building this year? you will totally change the trajectory of your business, right? You're not worried about where your next paycheck is coming from because if you are good at relationships, it will always come, right? Totally, yeah. Gosh, you're like even CR, like the reason you're in CRM management or lead management, right? I shouldn't say CRM management because I know you guys are lead management, but the CRM as well, yeah. Yeah. The reason you are in lead management, like if you think about that, you're like, oh, that's like a tech job. He's probably got a tech degree. No, the reason you are in lead management is because it is literally impacted your life directly. Absolutely. Yep. So I figured it out that day. Absolutely. Yeah. So powerful, right? right? Like, and it ties into why you're doing the dad's club and why you're, it's so important to open doors right. and it's right. subliminally, obviously opening doors ties into all kinds of things related to real estate and mortgage and, and all the 100%. things, right? Yep. Um, But first of all, I'm just so grateful for you bringing this up because mortgage professionals, real estate professionals listening to this, your content is so much bigger than a vocabulary word, right? And it's so much bigger than the Fed says the interest rates are going to go down four times in 2024, which is already not true, right? Um, Right. Your content has to have a passion behind it and it has to matter. And I think that we need to slow the hell down and stop worrying about posting so much or getting more followers and instead connecting, right? So stop consuming, start connecting, and you will never be worried about doing another transaction again, ever. Totally. I'm a big supporter, by the way, of a, of a charity called Mortgage Professionals Providing Hope. And I did that, by the way, it's a Dale Vermillion charity. I've done it for years. Mm. And and again, this was before I opened this box and got these letters out. And it wasn't before, it was before this. But then it, everything just everything clicked when I read those letters. It was like hope. Everyone just needs hope. Mm. My dad needed hope. He just needed to know that hey, you don't qualify now. You just need. He just needed to know that like hey, in six months it could happen. You need some help. He was just being denied. He didn't have a plan. Didn't know there was hope at the end of the corner. Whatever. And so that's and nobody and nobody made an effort to make him feel that way. And that's that's the problem I think with quite frankly, and I've served the mortgage industry for a living, but quite literally, I believe that that's the problem with the industry. Even as a consumer myself, right? Someone who's bought and sold four homes now, the mortgage industry is so focused on, let me get the lead, let me hand off the lead and let me scale my business when that is not the goal, right? It shouldn't be the goal, right? Right. Because if you do it with the relationship at the core, like for example, in your situation, a bank that denies your dad, right? What should that bank have done? That bank should have assigned somebody to him, Mm -hmm. had them call your dad and say, Hey, I'm so sorry that we had to deny you, but I am personally going to work alongside you. I'm going to call you every two weeks. And we are going to talk about these three things. And we're going to just get you on the trajectory. It may not be right now, but I'm not telling you, no, I'm just telling you not right now. Right. And that takes time. Right. And so many people right now who are so focused on scaling their companies are not willing to take the time that it requires to do something like that. And that is the difference between someone that will be in this industry forever 
and someone that will scale themselves or automate themselves right out of it. I would tell you too, that there'd be a lot of loan officers that would hear that and say, I don't have time to call that person every two weeks. That's fine. With CRM lead management with Shape, mm -hmm. we could set it up where you could call them every six weeks, every nine weeks, whatever it is, and let the automation work where we send an email, we send a text over time. But the best part is we can track whether that person is engaged with the content mm -hmm. so that when you call them in six weeks, you can, you can know, are they reading the emails? Are they opening the emails? Are they clicking on the links so that you can have the trust to know that this person is actually reading the content and they're bought in? Are they buying in? Are they on the same page? Are they going to try? Are they like the hope that you're giving them? Are they bought into it? Cool. If they are, cool. Then you better call them in six weeks because they're trusting you, right? But if they're not, okay, cool. Call them in nine weeks. Don't call them in six weeks. Mm -hmm. We set up all of this for the loan officers to make their lives super easy, super simple, giving the effort to the people who are asking for it and then still touching the ones they need to touch over time, but giving the ones who are raising their hand to say, I need the help. We can help those people, help those loan officers make their lives easy and not overwhelm them with all of that effort that is needed, you know, from a phone call perspective. Well, and take it one step further, you can customize all those emails, right? Absolutely. Because, Absolutely. Because, and this is honestly one of the beautiful things about the relationship that Shape and, and my company have and that yeah. is growing, right? Which is, hey, I want to get in there and I want to teach your loan officers how to customize those emails so that the message is better received, Right. right. And so that the message comes across as genuine and isn't a stock photo or isn't a boilerplate animated GIF with this like stupid little thing rolling around on my screen, right? Because right. that doesn't make me feel connected to it, right? Exactly. So, but if we're talking about video like Kyle Draper wants us to do, how easy is it for you to record a video that has your passion and your tone and your hope in your voice yep. in an automated email, right? So again, my point being, you can very easily over automate yourself out but you can also very consistently focus on being automated and being genuine at the same time. And so I think that that's what shape obviously for a multitude of reasons does so, so well is it again, makes our life easier or the loan officer's life easier, real estate agents too. Um, and frankly, if you're listening to this and you're neither, you can still use shape, obviously as Scott yeah. has said, um, but it, dad's club, yeah. it makes our life easier, but more importantly, it makes us still super relatable and very authentic. And none of that goes by the wayside, but it takes effort, right? So if you don't make the custom videos or if you don't make the customized emails, then yeah, you're going to have the standardized emails and those are still great. They're still going to be effective, but they're not going to be as effective as they should be. Um, yeah. So making, making yourself scalable also requires taking the time to build the systems once, right? Um, we also have the ability in shape where you can record a video in shape and send the, to the customer. So in, in our prioritized view, mm -hmm. I need to follow up with these people. Let me record a quick 30 second video, send it from within shape, send it out to the customer and then track if they watch it, open it, whatever, use that for further communication down the road. So still using that, hey, I'm just checking in. How are things going? Hope everything's well, hope the situation's getting improved or whatever it might be. And still that face-to-face -face connection, not just an email, for example. So anyways, would love to show anybody kind of what the power of it. They can schedule a demo. We'll include a link, of course, and all of that. So that's what I was going to say is, ironically, this is not sponsored, guys. <laughs> Shape no, is not, yeah. paying me to be on this podcast. But the beauty of it is yeah. that I really believe in Scott and I really believe in Shape. And, and Jimmy, who's uh, alongside Scott at that at Shape, 
two incredible humans who are doing this for the right reasons. And that's something that if you're listening to this and you're like, man, my lead, lead management sucks. And I know it sucks. Um, I really want you to reach out to Scott. I want you to reach out to me and say, Hey, Michelle, I want to use shape, but I need help with the customized, the, the, these things. Right. And that's where the relationship came from in the first place. And Scott's doing something that people are not doing, right? Like just quite literally, Scott, you care on a level that I don't know of many people that do. Um, and I, I actually believe that that's why the mortgage and real estate industry tends to get a bad rap um, is you have these people who are so transactional based that they forget what we've been talking about. So sure. um, Scott, I want to be a good student of your time. We've been sure. recording um, for close to an hour, which I love. Like I love these long episodes because- yeah. I get so many messages from people who are like, dude, that was so good. And that's what I want. And I feel that from this episode, my heart, it feels so grateful for your time. And, um, my audience, I'm hope I'm hoping we're going to use that word. Um, I'm hoping feels the same way that I do about this conversation. So, um, in order to be a good steward of your time, would you please tell us what is coming up next? Where is shape going to be next? And how can we get dialed into either talking to you or shape as a whole? Yeah. So I would say, uh, you know, we're going to be doing some webinars here, you know, shortly. We do lots of stuff on LinkedIn, Instagram, of course, um, Facebook as well. We're going to be at LeedsCon. This be pro probably our next big event uh, for those that go to LeedsCon. Um, and yeah, we're just doing lots of interviews and podcasts. We're, we're doing the Get In Shape podcast, the, the play on getting in shape. Obviously, it's the new year and everyone's getting back in shape, of course. Now, I guess February, we'll see uh, who's still doing that. But we have our headbands and I have a muscle shirt and we're doing the, but anyways, the Get In Shape podcast, Phil Treadwell is just released today. Michelle, you're coming on that soon as well. Um, and so, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Me and Jimmy Ryan co-host that uh, podcast. So lots of content oh, coming. Can you too. imagine the three of us uh, riffing together? Oh, uh, yes. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Jimmy will also be at the Momentum Builder uh, Conference in a couple of weeks as well out in Vegas. Awesome. So good. Well, thank you, Scott, so much for your time. Obviously, guys, go follow Scott on Instagram. All of his information is going to be in our show notes, too. Um, and most importantly, if you love this episode, I would encourage you to share with a friend, subscribe if you're listening to this on YouTube. And then I would love it if you would email me or DM me on Instagram a guest that you think might be a good option for the show. So really, really grateful for your time, Scott. Thanks for being here. Yep. And thank we you. see you guys in the next episode. Thanks, Michelle. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow my guests on social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you consume this content.